Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You're listening to Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare on KSL News Radio. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. I'm Maria Shaleos. With me today, Dr. Brooks Keishan. He's a child abuse pediatrician and child psychiatrist for University of Utah Health and Primary Children's Hospital. And we were talking about how to help families while we were all facing this COVID-19 pandemic. And Dr. Keishan, how would a parent know if their child is going to need some extra help? They're experiencing extra stress and maybe need some professional help. You know, I think that's a great question because none of us are really wanting to get outside right now, and we're certainly not wanting to add additional tasks to our activities. But, you know, parents are going to be confronted with some kids who really do not do well uh, during this process and may benefit uh, from additional help or support. Um, I think the first step is really kind of recognizing, you know, when your child is doing stuff that they typically do, and the things that you do to help calm them down or help redirect them are working, that's a kid who's probably doing okay or a teenager who's probably doing okay. Um, If the behaviors or stresses or reactions the parents are seeing are really out of proportion with what they would normally expect from their child and the things that we normally do at home to help our children calm themselves down or to cope or get redirected, aren't being as effective, um, those are times to kind of ask, you know, maybe uh, additional help or support um, is needed. We haven't talked much about teenagers, but obviously they are impacted by this. A lot of disappointments, things that they can't do. I'm thinking about seniors, you know, graduation, prom, all of these things. How do we best help them? You know, it starts off with asking those same open-ended questions, um, you know, how are you doing with this? Um, you know, what's most bothering you? Um, and in doing that in a way where if you've got a teenager in a house full of uh, younger kids, doing that just alone with the teenager. So maybe that teenager can have a more frank discussion about some of the things that are really uh, most impactful to her or him. Um, this is certainly going to cause distress because of those life changes and all of those uh, major life goals that were looked forward to that that may not happen in the same way that we expected they would. Um, And so having sadness, uh, feeling uh, feeling isolated, there's there's lots of common feelings that teenagers uh, can be feeling right now. But we want to have that door open so that if they're really struggling with the symptoms to the point where they're not getting good sleep, or maybe they're having thoughts about wishing they were dead or other suicidal thoughts or thoughts about hurting themselves, um, parents need to have that line of communication open with their teenager so that if some of those things come up, they can get their teenager the help they need. It's important for families to recognize that um, the healthcare systems are still up and running. Uh, We are still able to offer trauma-focused and behavioral health interventions for families. And and that the crisis systems that we 
rely on for our most severely impacted children who may be struggling with completely out of control behaviors or suicidal ideation, those systems are still functioning normally. And so if you're really concerned about the safety of your child, if you're really concerned that your child needs immediate assistance, uh, those same lines of access are open. But also there are other lines of access as well as crisis lines um, and uh, the Safe UT app, uh, which has been uh, pushed out through numerous schools across the state. Lots of great resources there to help, especially teenagers who might be struggling a little more uh, get through the, this crisis. Right. Uh, Doctor, I'd like to just leave people with a final note on, you know, no matter how much we prepare, how much we know that this is stressful and and are doing our best to deal with it, we're going to lose patience at times, might raise our voices and, you know, lose our tempers. And how? what is the message that you'd like to leave parents and families with? We're, we're doing what we can, given a different situation. Um, we cannot have perfection be the goal. Um, rather, you know, figuring this out together, um, being open and honest with our kids in a way that is developmentally appropriate, and allowing children to be able to share with us what's bothering them and helping to problem solve together with our child how they can feel better, feel more routine, more normal, um, and, and help calm some of those worries or anxieties or help address some of those uh, behaviors. Um, it's reestablishing what's a reasonable bar, a reasonable goal we can achieve, and then working towards that rather than holding us to such a high expectation that, frankly, we would have a hard time achieving even in the best of circumstances. Dr. Keishan, thank you so much for all of your help. My pleasure.